Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. We've decided to call this the best weekend talk show in America, and if you like it, download Armstrong and Getty On Demand. From the Department of Critical Thinking, I guess. And, you know, some people I think are just born better at it than others. I try to get better at it, but I found both intriguing. Uh, First of all, this was sent along by alert listener Mike, and I appreciate it very much, Mike. It's about data and its usefulness and how you get it and how you interpret it. During World War II, fighter planes would come back from battle with bullet holes. The Allies found the areas that were most commonly hit by enemy fire. They sought to strengthen the most commonly damaged parts of the planes to reduce the number that were shot down. A mathematician, Abraham Wald, pointed out that perhaps there was another way to look at the data. Perhaps the reason certain areas of the plane weren't covered in bullet holes was that planes that were shot in those areas did not return. Mm. This insight led to the armor being reinforced on the parts of the plane where there weren't as many bullet holes on the planes that returned. Fascinating. What a fascinating way to look at things. I, I had the light bulb go on myself. Wow. The story behind the data is arguably more important than the data itself. Oh, and more precisely, the reason behind why we are missing certain pieces of data may be more meaningful than the data we have. That's a good one right there. That is a good one, isn't it? Moving along. This is the fabulous Kevin Williamson uh, writing his uh, weekly column thing for the dispatch. Economics for English majors is uh, a little section that he does every week, and I always find intriguing. The headline from the Wall Street Journal, whose editors should know better, is, quote, wage gains lag behind inflation for another year. If the wage gains were less than inflation, then there weren't any wage gains at all. There were wage losses. 
A very useful concept in economics is the real. Real wages, real GDP, real median household income over time, etc. Real simply means adjusted for inflation. And if you aren't adjusted for inflation, then you're not in the realm of the real. Nope. Uh, and, and I think we all kind of get this, but I love this description. Money, properly understood, is basically a record-keeping system. Manipulating the records does not change the real world. If you have 100 apples and they cost $10 on Tuesday, but cost $20 on Wednesday, you're not twice as wealthy in apple terms as you were the day before, only in dollar terms. And you can't bake a dollar pie. For the most part, I don't care if the increased dollar value of my stock portfolio reflects some underlying economic reality, although in the long run it must. We don't think about that sort of thing too much. But the real economy is not made up of dollars. It is made up of apples and wheat and labor and engineering services and magazine articles and all the things we make and do that add up to economic output. A great deal of modern economic policy is oriented toward trying to monkey with the record-keeping system in some clever way. But in the end, what matters is how much wheat you grow, how much work you can do, the, the efficacy of the software you develop, etc. When the record-keeping system becomes too disconnected with the underlying economic reality, as when, for instance, you send a huge pile of money out of the federal coffers at a time when economic production is in fact stagnant or declining, then you end up with problem inflation like we have now. Shunting money into the economy does not in and of itself add to the number of acres under cultivation or increase the available workforce or induce innovation and creativity. Making money cheaper, cheaper makes it easier to access credit, which is beneficial to entrepreneurs and young firms. But another way of looking at it is that a policy of artificially cheap money is a tax on savers and a subsidy for debtors. Oh. That That's hurts. a policy you can follow for a long time, but the correction, which are probably only beginning to really experience these days, can be painful. It is a tax on savers and a subsidy on debtors. Yeah, that's really interesting stuff. And that uh, that first part about the apples, remember the other day I was talking about how my uh, kids got a chunk of money for Christmas. And I thought, God, that's a lot of money. How much? Mm -hmm. And so I went, I used my inflation calculator on my phone to go back to like when I was their age to figure out what that would have been to get a more realistic, because I still have a warped view of what money is. I'd say, you know, mm -hmm. I haven't kept up with inflation and it completely changed the way I look at it. So and then he gets to, I think, the, the most important part of this. Uh, oh, get back to the whole uh, taxing savers and, and subsidizing debtors thing. It, it sounds a lot to me like doing some meth so you can do an all nighter and, and get the job done, whatever the job is. <laughs> Might work in the short term, but oh, man, you're playing with fire. So anyway, his conclusion, I think, is brilliant, brilliant. What we need is an economic policy that is oriented toward the real economy rather than a policy that's oriented toward trying to goose the economy through government spending during slow times. But that's harder to do because when it comes to things like fixing the schools, developing an intelligent energy policy and providing a stable long term regulatory and tax regime for investors so they know what to expect. It's much easier and more politically juicy to run willy-nilly from one thing to the next, lurching from crisis to crisis and policy to policy, as though the lurching were not a big part of the problem to begin with. Mm. Stable policy. Smart, long-term thinking, stable policy is the best thing you can do for any economy. And our political culture, it, it, it expects and, and causes the opposite. What can we do about it? I don't know. 
Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. We are Armstrong and Getty, and this is the best weekend talk show in America. Grab our podcast. It's called Armstrong and Getty On Demand. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.